It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. Just after 7 o'clock on a Saturday morning, good morning to you. Ashley Frasca in for Walter Reeves just this Saturday. He will be back next Saturday. It's a very busy weekend. This weekend, next weekend, we thank you for taking the time to join us here on WSB. Two more hours of the Lawn and Garden Show here, followed by the Home Fix-It Show with Dave Baker from 9 to noon. I'm in studio with Mark Banta. You've heard him, the president and CEO of the Piedmont Park Conservancy, and Mickey Gasaway from Pike Nursery. Just knocking out phone calls, 404-872-0750. If you're too shy and you don't want to call or you have a question that maybe we just didn't quite give you a satisfactory answer, which I don't think that happens. Customer satisfaction is pretty high around here. But Walter's website, WalterReeves.com, in the search bar at the upper right-hand corner, you can type just about anything. One or two words, maybe. Any plant, any flower, any disease, pest. And Walter, I guarantee, has written at least two or three articles on the subject, if not more, wouldn't you yeah. agree? Yeah, uh, lawn calendars as well. And there you can sign up for his newsletter that comes out twice a month. So without further ado, we'll continue with the phone calls and talk to Brad and Sandy Springs. Good morning, Brad. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I have a mature camellia that's uh, shedding yellow or off-color leaves. Uh, and I was wondering about uh, what you might suggest. So on the top, can you tell if it's coming uh evenly across the plant or is it coming off the top of the plant the bottom of the plant the inside of the plant can you tell uh, it tends to be on um, evenly across the outside of the plant mm-hmm and you say it's mature how big is it right now oh it's a five-foot plant that's mm-hmm. been in place for over a decade mm-hmm. and it's done this seasonally for the last couple of years I'll try to fertilize and it'll get a little bit better but I'm, I'm just wondering what I might be doing wrong every year that this kicks in. And is, I mean, you've obviously noticed it, but does it, does it create any holes uh, in the plant so that you've got enough dropping that you can say, oh, goodness, I've got a real problem here? Or is no, it more, it's not, gosh, I wonder what's going on? It's more about wonder what's going on than, than uh, a majority of the, the uh, shrub. Yeah, so... Uh, I think when it happens kind of evenly uh, around it, it's not as alarming to me as if it's happening at the top of the plant, uh, which is right. more concerning to me. So kind of an evening, uh, even yellowing and then dropping uh, plants, you know, there's a reason why pine trees drop their pine straw. And, and we don't realize it, but other plants uh, going through, uh, you know, their life cycles are going to drop leaves too. And so there's a constant communication of, of, of hormones and, and chemistry inside the plant that's telling it whether or not it feels like uh, the top, the foliage of the plant is balanced with the root and uh, its whole thing. So my guess is that if it's fairly even and if it's yellowing and then drops but it's not making holes, that it's simply the plant making a decision that it doesn't want and need all the leaves that it has and it's going to drop them. And it may not be anything you're doing wrong. Okay, great. And a, a quick one on gardenias that I cut back in the winter that has yellow leaves. Well, the yellow leaves are sometimes last year's leaves. Is that possible, or are these new leaves that are coming on there? Uh, new leaves. Okay. Do they have a, a – is the vein in the center, is it green, or is it 
Is it the same color as the other? Slightly notice, different than the other colors. Usually that's that's lack of iron. You can give it some um, holly tone or something like that or one of the azalea camellia foods or give it some right. iron, some liquid iron. Sometimes that'll help as well. Just did holly tone. I'll wait and see what happens. Yeah. Thanks so much. Enjoy the show. Thank, Thank you. you, Brad. Appreciate the call. Now, what what would be a good time to be using holly tone and all of those right products? Right now, it's fine. Good. Yeah. Okay. It's fine. All right. Clarksville, good morning. Dean, how are you? I'm fine, and y'all? Great. I have a thrift that we inherited from my mother, uh, my wife's grandmother. <clears throat> I want to transplant it. We've had it in the ground for 20 years, and it's in the wrong location for our viewing, and I need to transplant it. It has, it has not done well in the location it's at. So I want to move it to a better position in the yard. How do I go about transplanting it? Is this the thrift? Are we talking about the brightly colored uh, ground cover that blooms early in the spring? That's a phlox, and it does need to be in full blazing sun. The more sun, the better. And it yep. needs to have real good drainage, so that's why you see them so much on a on a hill. They do really well there. Um, they're easy to move as long as you get some some root and some shoot. You can move it. Just dig clumps of it and move it here and there. Um, if you do it now, you're going to probably have to keep it watered this summer. And then once you do, it's pretty much on its own. We have seen. Um, beds of thrift in houses that haven't been there for 50 years and the thrift you know just stays pretty and sometimes you'll see it out by the road and you know nobody's doing anything to it Mickey, so it's you, an easy one i'm sorry mickey do you think do you like moving it better in the fall though than you do the spring i don't think it matters i've i've moved it both times the fall it might be easier but i've moved it right now just moisture moisture yeah, control you, if you do it's the a little spring. more trouble yeah. But if you want, it sounded like he needed to move it now. So if you need to move it now, go ahead and So do would it. you just kind of get at it like, I mean, how deep to shovel below? I mean, I almost They don't have a real deep root system, but you need to get all the roots. I mean, maybe to go down four or five inches, six inches. I almost inches, imagine maybe. shoveling under it almost flat, like it's a big piece of sod. Yeah. 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 That sounds like If it. I can, can I give a little brief description as to what's happened to it? Yeah. I planted on the side of a hill, you know, for drainage. Mm-hmm. And there's some other things were planted, and it actually has migrated and is now hanging off of a wall. Mm. Now, it has a long stem that goes back up the hill to where it was originally planted. That's that sun. Yeah. I'm sorry, I missed I, that. I, no, I talked over you. I apologize. It's it's the sun. You, Mickey was talking about how you have to have it in full blazing sun, and when the plant yeah. isn't getting enough sun, then it's going to try to go get it. Right. Well, that's what it's done. Uh, now I need to go back up into where it was originally planted and mm-hmm. dig down and bring that entire yeah. right. uh, root structure out. Yeah, because that long stem is not really doing any good. Uh, unless right. it's got some, you need to get the roots. That's the part you need to get eye on. Okay. And you might okay. try to even do, especially if you're doing it now, get some sort of um, root starter or something like that. There's one, there's a liquid one just called plant starter at Pikes that works really good that puts root growth on. And that would be okay. a good thing to use. Fabulous. One other final question. Real quick, Dean. 
I, I, I am planting some roses. I have some bare advanced rose, an older version of it. Doesn't say anything about not using it uh, at the beginning of uh, planting roses. I have a new bottle that says don't do it for three months. Am I, I safe using the older version? I don't know if it's the same thing or not, but if the new one says not to do it, I probably wouldn't do it. Okay, so I can still use my old one. Very yeah. good. Yeah, on something else. Right. Thank you very much, mm-hmm. and I appreciate your time. Thank you. Have a great weekend. All right, next to Dunwoody, and we talk to Bill. Hi, Bill. Hi there. Hi. Can you hear me, please? I know you can. Yeah, you're fine. Okay. Uh, we have an invasive weed that's come up just this year. Over the years as we've traveled, my wife has put natural plants from other states up here, and they're beautiful. And it's on a little hillside, okay? About the hillside is probably 35 foot long, and, oh, it slopes at about 20 degrees, okay? All of a sudden this year we have what I call sticky weed. It appears to be it's, it's very thin. Uh, it's about the half the size of a straw, but it's come up, and every time you touch it, no matter what you touch it, it's like a small abrasive sandpaper or scotch tape that sticks to your fingers. It's easy to pull up at the end of the, but it's, 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 it's more like a vine. Everywhere it touches the ground, it tends to want a root. It's got little bitty white flowers on the tip, okay? Probably the size of my little fingernail when they fully blossom and then they fall off, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Can't figure out what this other thing is, but it's just, it really is all over our hillside and going through her prized plants. So is there anything, are you, I just have something strange I want to, have to bring in and have identified, or is it I, something I, you know about? Maybe? I don't think it's that strange, and it is kind of leggy, right? Like you said, if you could get to the base of it and pull it, you kind of pull all those shoots with it, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And as I say, it's green. It has thin leaves on it. Yeah. Okay, about, oh, an inch to an inch and a, inch and a half long. Uh, they come out in little clusters about ever, you know, as they go all the way up the vine. And from them come the little bitty white flowers that grow into one about the size of your little fingernail. And there it's moved someplace else. I did a project for Walter's <laughs> website a couple of years we ago t- with Weed of the Week, where I took a picture of some different weed, which I had no shortage of in my yard every single week. <laughs> and here I am literally showing Mickey and Mark the picture like, that's the one. Yeah. And I don't have the name of the weed on the website here. That's really dumb. I, so I, people, I don't know the botanical name, but people used to call it basket grass. Yes. And, yes, that's and it. And so I think, I think that's what it is. And I believe it's an annual. I think it is. It's got really small roots, so I have a feeling it's an annual. So I would say pull it out and use a pre-emergent around there and get it out that way. But if it's in with the other plants, I don't think you're going to be able to use any kind of selective herbicide because I Mm -hmm. think it's going to get your other plants. So I think you're going to just have to pull it out and mulch it and put a pre-emergent in. That's what I would do. What about you, Mark? I I think that's right. Uh, And, you know, a lot of it depends on the amount that it's in there. Sometimes this stuff will come up. You catch it early, and you can take your little spray bottle with yeah. some non-selective in it but be very careful obviously yeah. uh, it doesn't have soil movement but it can have air drift so yeah. uh, i try to hand pull it and then if you want, need to or want to try to do a little spritzing with some non-selective do you know what i've started using when i use roundup or any kind of gly- or, or the glyphosate is a paint roller <laughs> Oh, cool. And you put it in, uh, get one of the small ones, put it in there, and then you can just take the roller and roll it on there. And then you don't have to worry about the wind. The spray and the drift yeah. and all that. So, Bill, I'm sorry. It's kind of a good news, bad news. Good news, <laughs> we identified it. Bad news, manual removal really is going to be the quickest and, and the most effective. And put down a pre-emergent. Like pre-emergent in a the, maze or in something the fall. like that.
Yeah, amazing well, the flower well, beds. Yeah. All right. Thanks for the call. We still have Elizabeth in coming, asking for a plant that will grow in full shade. Elizabeth, have a pen and paper ready. We'll help you. Ruth and Rockdale and Conyers, what what when can she plant iris? Ooh, we were just talking about that. And Pam and Sandy Springs, questions about her azalea. All of that and more coming up on the Lawn and Garden Show. Call us 404-872-0750. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 955 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather and traffic red alerts through the weekend and the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 955 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update from Ackerman Security Systems today. Sunny with a high of 73 and light winds overnight. Lows in the low 50s. Your day starts off cloudy tomorrow. Sunday, a chance of rain that increases as the day goes along. A high in the mid-60s and a low in the low 50s. Kirk Mellish is back in about 10 minutes to update the forecast here on WSB. Ashley Frasca, Mark Banta, Mickey Gazaway taking your calls. 404-872-0750. A very quick reminder, as you've heard, G-Day, George football today in Athens 4 p.m. Our pregame here on WSB starts at 2 o'clock. A very special half-hour program that sports director Jay Black and I did with Devon Gales, the family of Devon Gales, the Southern University player who was injured, of course, in that game against the Bulldogs at Sanford Stadium back in 2015. If you are able, if you have the heart and it tugs at your heartstrings like it did mine, to help Devon and the Gales family build a handicap accessible home here in Gwinnett County. They have moved to Georgia from Louisiana now so he can do regular maintenance and treatments at the Shepherd Center. We would ask upon you to visit the website buildfordevon.com. We have a goal of $500,000 to build them a handicap accessible home and I can't wait. I know Bulldog Nation and WSB listeners are so gracious so we ask you to keep that in mind as you're cheering on the Bulldogs red or black today for the G-Day game at 4 o'clock. Elizabeth, we have just a quick second to get your question. So pen and paper ready. What do you need from us? Hi, I am looking for a perennial or annual um, that can take full shade and have some color to it. So something flowering. Preferably. Okay. Yeah, well, you could do hostas. Hostas will do. And you can do hostas. <laughs> you can do more hostas. Um, you could do hostas you, already. I'm have you got hellebores? Hellebores love deep shade, and they'll they bloom during Lent. They're Lenten rose. Um, okay. Then you could use some annuals. You could do some uh, begonias, or or some caladiums would do good. That would give you color in the shade. Those would all do well. And if you need something that's just unusual, do a um, the cast iron plant, aspidistra. And you won't see it bloom because it blooms underground, but it's kind of a neat thing. Still to have colorful anyway. though. Yeah, and there there are some variegated ones too, and those they like full shade. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate the help. Perfect. Thanks for your patience. Thanks for hanging along, Elizabeth. It is seven twenty-eight here on News ninety-five-five and AM seven fifty WSB. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 
Good Saturday morning to you. We're back here on the Lawn and Garden Show. Ashley Frasca, the voice you hear for traffic Monday through Friday mornings, sitting in for Walter. He'll be back next Saturday. And then I bounce over to the Herman Cain Show after finishing traffic. So busy weekday. I like to slow the speed down on a Saturday morning. Here with you until 9 o'clock. Answering calls, 404-872-0750 is the number. And Mark Banta, President and CEO of the Piedmont Park Conservancy, you always come with such valuable news and information about what's going on at Piedmont Park. And just in the break, I am hungry just having talked to you about the green market. I'm so sorry that I did that to you, Ashley, (laughs) but not really. Nine to one, Piedmont Park, there at the 12th Street Gate, uh, next to the community center, is I think one of the best green markets uh, in the southeast and definitely in Atlanta. We have some other good green markets, but ours is so fantastic. Uh, The green market manager, Mary Yetter, goes out and hand selects. She goes to the farm. She goes to the places where people are producing the eggs and the the beef and everything else, and she brings them back. Um, not literally physically, but she she invites them. You know, there's an application process, and she brings them back. In in 50 to 60 providers like that uh, are there in the market, so people can bring their their bags and and pick up and and have listen to live music, uh, get something to eat. There's some fantastic. Uh, things to eat there too, because you're going to smell these things and oh, be ready gosh, to get yeah. something to to enjoy, and and then uh, do their shopping, and then and then go 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 on into the park. But it, it's a really really good program. Starts in March, runs into December, and it's every Saturday. Now we do skip when there's giant festivals like Dogwood we were talking about in the last hour. When there's giant festivals, uh, we skip those weeks. But otherwise, we're there each and every Saturday, nine to one. So as you are in the car listening to the Lawn and Garden Show, you have to stay tuned till the very end at 9 o'clock and then go park and hop out and you're at Piedmont Park and you go to the Green Market. That's right. That's a fantastic way to start a Saturday morning. It really is. And we love it because we have the Midtown residents all know about the market and they walk out. You know, we have all the glass and steel and the park is such an important part of of life uh, for them there. And then you add the green market, and it's a fantastic element. Now, and you're talking residents of Midtown, who we all know don't have a whole lot of space. You know, Atlanta's getting more and more crowded. The idea behind starting a community garden there in Piedmont Park. Yeah, it's we're really excited about taking so – we've had a demonstration garden and an orchard and apiary so that we're, we can teach the children about where all these things come from. But we're adding a new element this year – with a wonderful grant that we got. And we're, we're going to start a community garden program where people can apply for and get a small spot to garden there in Piedmont Park right next to the Beltline. It's very, very cool. Now, are they going to be provided, you know, any help, or you just kind of have to go, you've got your plot, you figure it out on your own? <laughs> no, we won't do that to them. We'll, uh, we, we, Mary Yetter, again, uh, is, is not only runs the green market, but she also runs the garden for us, and we have master gardeners involved. And then we have some other folks that, you know, maybe one day, uh, one day in the past lived out in the country, and they, they just miss it. Mm-hmm. So they're oh, going to yeah. come in as volunteers and be able to help show people who are doing it for the first time how to do it. Uh, so we'll have the plots already prepared, tell people how we did it, let them watch and help as they'd like, and then they'll be able to grow uh, in their small plot the things that they want to grow. That's so exciting. That's neat. So stay tuned for that, the beginnings of the community garden at Piedmont Park. You heard it first here on WSB. Right. Maybe.
Um, so go to PiedmontPark.org for more information on that, on the green market, again, the Times, and it runs through December, as Mark said, and also just exciting things like the Landmark Luncheon is this week, sold out, of course, but anything you would want to be involved in with Piedmont Park, go to their website, PiedmontPark.org. And later in the show, I do want to talk about the conservancy aspect and how folks sure. could help. Yeah. So 404-872, yeah. 872-0750. Does that sound right to you guys? It does. All right. More phone calls, more of the listeners and the help that they need. So out to Conyers. Good morning. Ruth, how are you? I'm thank you. Thanks for hanging on so patiently. How can we help you? <clears throat> uh, we had some trees cut down about three years ago and have just had the stumps ground. And I'd like to know when I can plant things like iris, amaryllis, lilies, and chrysanthemums in that area. What trees were taken down? What kinds? Uh, some of them were pine and some of them were oak. Okay. Did they did they grind the stumps? Is that what you said? I'm sorry. Yes, yes. It needs to decompose a little bit um, before you do that. Now, once you plant it, if it doesn't, it takes nitrogen to break down that that wood in there. So you you may have to add a little bit more nitrogen than you normally would. Does it feel like you've got some soil there yet, or is it still just kind of seem like sawdust and, and a lot of, of woody-type material? It, a little of both, a little uh, sawdust and uh, uh, dirt. It, it's a lot more labor-intensive, <laughs> but I have seen folks that just didn't have the patience to allow it to decompose for a year or two to go ahead and, besides the stump grinding, to do some digging out, yeah, excavation, and then and bring some additional soil and maybe some amendments in, and then you, you'll be able to cheat that a little bit. But that that nitrogen tie-up um, is something that can be impactful. But more than that, I, I just want to be sure your soil structure is good before you start trying to put some plants that you want to grow there in. You can hurry it up, though, by adding nitrogen to it. You can hurry the deep composition process by adding some nitrogen, you know, if you want to wait a year or so. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. Sounds good. Thanks, thank Ruth. you so much for calling, Ruth. And she mentioned irises. I was just schmoozing all over showing you all, Mark and Mickey, pictures of my irises so in my cool. yard that I cut to bring to my mom yesterday. Um, follow me on Instagram or Twitter. I occasionally tweet traffic information, which you may find useful, but gardening as well. So um, at Ashley Frasca WSB, you'll see the pictures of the irises. And if anybody can help me figure out what variety that is. Um, they're not Siberian, which is pretty common. Yeah. They are huge, like the size of... They're German iris, but German. I don't know what variety they okay. are. They're a oh, million Like varieties. the size of a salad plate. Beautiful purple, very fragrant. Mm. Love that. So Ruth, I know, is just chomping at the bits to get that in the daylilies planted for sure. All right. Bartow County, Cartersville, and Irving, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Ooh, you may have a tricky situation yeah. on your hands here, huh? Well, um, it's really growing well. Love it. I put it there a year ago. It's like taking off. And this is your weeping and willow? I'm... Weeping willow tree, right? Correct, correct. Yeah. And uh, it's just wonderful. And then yesterday I said, it's doing so well, I'm going to get another one. Went over there. And then the lady started with her warning, warning, it doesn't compute, and said, uh, if you got it next to septics, you got to be careful. And I said, oh, oh. Uh -oh. So it was about 15 feet away, so I'm not sure oh. if I have a problem or not, but uh, <laughs> would love to hear what you have to say. I would be a little bit concerned, too, and not just because it's a weeping willow. When you start getting uh, tree roots into septic systems and drain fields, 
uh, we you can create a very very expensive nightmare pretty quickly. So I think the warning warning was probably yeah. accurate. Um, and if you haven't made that choice yet, I would be reluctant to put a tree of any type that close to where you think you know your septic tank is. Right. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, one last question. Sure. I mean, that confirms it for me. Uh, magnolias, do they need full sun? They'll bloom better and they'll be tighter in full sun. They'll grow in, in the shade, but they're not going to bloom as much and they're not going to be as tight. They're going to be looser it, the, in the yeah. shade. I, I'm an outdoors mm-hmm. guy, so I like to hunt and fish. Mm-hmm. And when I'm out in, in Mother Nature, I will see magnolia trees um, that, uh, that, that are out in the woods. Yeah. Uh, but they, they certainly thrive and grow faster uh, in the full sun. Very good. Thank you very much. I Great. appreciate it. Have a good morning. Thank Thanks, you, Irving. Irving you good as luck. Well. So what Bye-bye. are some of the other trees, just maybe off the top of your heads, guys, two or three, that would be completely terrible with a large root system that close to a septic tank? Maples. Really anything. Maples. Maples are, have big root systems. When, when, you know, the, the figure I heard was 15 feet, and I, I don't know that I would try any, any tree. No. I mean, that's, that's a place where you just have ground cover or, or grass. And the thing you got to remember is almost always, at some point in time, these things have to be un- uncovered mm, and, and yeah. pumped. Right. And so we don't want something besides some grass that we can put back there in that situation. Certainly not a tree or shrubs. Okay. Shoot, that's so disappointing. Oh, yeah. A weeping willow is so much fun. Yeah. Just not in that spot. Just the, not in that proximity. The good thing is, weeping willows grow very fast. <laughs> so, so start over. Can, but they don't last long here. Oh. So we always tell people plant one every five years, and that way you'll always have one because oh, wow. they usually have about a 10 year lifespan. Really? Here, because they grow so fast. What about river birches? What's the lifespan on those? Just longer. Random. Yeah, they're natives. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've got one. I really like it. That, now, they have huge root systems, too. Yeah, oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they do for sure. All right, Chris in Taylorsville, good morning. Morning. Hey, how can we help you? Uh, what would be the best type of grass to starve out clover for high sun or full sun areas? Did you use the term starve out? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that's, that's, that isn't a... Oh, I shouldn't say it's not a right way to think about it, but we, we I talk about grass wars and, and, and trying to put something in to kill something out. That's really not the right approach. Uh, what you need to do is determine whether or not you have 50% or more good grass or or if it's more weeds than it is grass. If it's If it's more weeds than it is grass, you just need to start over, right? And then making a decision from that point is how much sunlight you have and whether you want to be a hobbyist or whether you want something low maintenance. Uh, so those are the that's kind of the decision tree. But the concept, and I used to hear it a lot as a county agent, I want something that is going to kill or overtake this. And it just really doesn't work that way because what will happen is you'll have this tug of war, push back and forth, and you'll never be happy with the results. So use that 50-50 rule. Decide what you're trying to grow, what's the appropriate grass for the amount of sun or shade that you have. Whether you're a hobbyist, you want something like one of our earliest callers who said he wanted people to stop and look at his fescue lawn. Yeah. yeah. Or whether you're just like me and you, you want something green out there like centipede and you're not worried about you know, making it a hobbyist lawn. Okay. So, Chris, what do you think? You said full sun. I mean, are you thinking maybe a Bermuda or Zoysia or something? Uh, not really sure. It's just something that would grow in hard soil as well. 
but I use a mm-hmm. spike aerator mm-hmm. about every two or three weeks because it is such a hard soil. Yeah, I mean, Chris, to me, it sounds like you need to to, to go ahead and make a decision. You're, the good news is you're in a perfect planting window for the warm season grasses. Yeah. Bermuda centipede, zoysia, this is exactly when you want to plant those, plant those going into May. So, you know, the aeration will only kind of relieve compaction to a certain degree. And it sounds like you're just kind of fighting it on the edges. My recommendation would be do a little more research, figure out what's the right grass for you. If you've got full sun, you have all the options open to you. And then uh, go ahead and, and bite the bullet and, and go for it. Um, get Depending on the size of the lawn, get a, a rental tiller or find a neighbor with a tractor that can do the tractor-mounted tiller and go ahead and do it right. Um, and, and you'll be very pleased with the results if you'll go ahead and bite the bullet and, and take care of it fully. Okay, great. Thank you very much, Mark. Good answer. Chris, thanks for the call. And stay tuned. Dave, Matt, and Judy, we're going to be taking your calls next. This is Lawn and Garden on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. A quick weather update from Ackerman Security today. It is sunny, a beautiful day, a high of 73. Get out to Piedmont Park, get out in the yard, go to Pike Nursery. Light winds tonight, a low of 50, preparing for the cloudy day tomorrow. The chance of rain increases as the day goes on, a high of around 66, and lows in the low 50s. A complete weather update from Kirk Mellish coming up in 10 minutes. And while you're out today, remember to pick up the Sunday Atlanta Journal-Constitution for in-depth news coverage, plus $224 in coupon savings. 404-872-0750. We have another hour on the Lawn and Garden Show. You only have to put up with me. One more hour. And then I'm back on uh, Monday morning in for Mark Aram, filling in for triple team traffic on WSB Radio, WSB Television. We'll get you around the jams, the backups, just in case it's still raining on Monday morning. Out to Marietta we go. We'll say good morning to Matt. How can we help you, Matt? Good morning, Ashley. Hey. I am uh, a proud owner of some gardenia bushes that I just love. <laughs> And I've actually got two, one that I bought and planted about two years ago, and one that was a volunteer. just came up out of nowhere um, when I bought the house. It was kind of a smaller bush. I cleared out around it, and it, it just flourished. So I actually relocated. I planted my, my one gardenia and then relocated the volunteer gardenia right next to it. They're both they're different species, but the one that was a volunteer, I'm actually looking at it right now, is doing much better Good. than the one that I bought and planted. And they're both in the same spot. They're right in front of my house. Um, I'd say my, my house faces east, so it gets, a, it gets sunshine all the way up to about, I would say, midday. Okay. And then um, rain, they get the same amount of rain. But the, the one that I, like I said, the one that I bought just is not doing well. I probably get, for the past two seasons, I've gotten maybe three or four blooms. Um, and this other one just explodes. All right, so, so I don't I don't know what to do. What kind are they? Do you know is one of them I, short and one of them tall, or has yeah. one of them got really pointy leaves and the other one rounded or leaves or what? That's I'm saying. Um, the, the my volunteer has got slender, really green leaves. Okay. And my and my uh, my bought one, they're kind of rounder, fatter, and they're a lighter green with some yellow in them. I don't know if the yellow is from just. I mean. I don't know if the yellow is because it's not doing well, but it always seemed to have a 
a yellower hue to the green. Okay. You so can fertilize 30 that. Seconds, what fertilize it. Give it some fertilization, and uh, I think it'll be fine. And then will pruning invigorate any of the growth and maybe help the one that's Maybe a little, a little bit. Maybe a little bit. When should uh, Matt do that? I do it after it blooms, unless you're going to cut it way, way back. If you're going to cut it way back, then do it um, the end of March. Okay. So uh, fertilization, what to use? Uh, azalea camellia is easier than that's just or holly tone. Okay, very observant, Matt. Thanks for the great call. We got to get out of here. News, weather, and traffic. We'll be back on Lawn and Garden.